Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm yours. Morning, my coach is usual, Aiden. How's it, everyone? Good to be back again. Um, lots to discuss, so lots of interesting points. Uh, let's go. Okay, first, I'm still choking back on my humble pie from last week's podcast because <laughs> <of> me <laughs> putting my neck on the line. Uh, I mean, with regards to the game, because I mean, I honestly didn't expect. United to come that full force out at us and I also didn't expect us to you know, putting almost like such a real lackluster performance, but yeah the Red Devils uh, versus Arsenal at the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey um, Arteta really mixing it up uh, for the you know, for the next few matches like with the place on the tour, and then that being said, after the, like a decent opening uh, spell in that match uh, where Martinelli had two good chances where, you know, you could have put us ahead against United Tom Eaton making two decent saves. But then almost like that's almost like we had ended like for Arsenal, really, if you think of it. Yeah, I, you know, watching that game, I like, you know, before the game started, you know, after the, the, the conversation we had on the podcast last weekend, you know, you thought, you know, you made me feel confident. I thought, yeah, you know, we're going to smash this United side. Yeah, they the arrogance and it's going to come to an end. And then, like you said, you know, Arsenal in the opening stages were playing good, very good yeah, um, yeah. football. And, Moving the ball while breaking up play. And I thought, you know, wow, it was only a matter of time. And then, you know, I think that Martinelli chance was you know, quite crucial to, to put yeah. away. And, and, and it was like after that, you know, that second win came back to United. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, as I now mentioned, like, you know, after that, that chance at Martinelli, you know, you, you know, you could see United, it's sort of almost like a total sort of gameplay change or tactical change. But I mean, they sort of look more confident. They look more so aggressive, you know, scrapping for the ball. And I mean, they, they, the players took totally, total advantage of it. And I mean, goals from Bruno Fernandes and Jadon Sancho, it's, it, you know, it's them ahead in that first half. Two big gaps by Arsenal in those moments too, because, I mean, for yeah. me, Ramsdale's reactions looked way too slow, you know, covering the Bruno shot. And then with a the United second goal, Gabriel ends up, you know, going for a reckless clearance and totally missing the ball. You know, for Sancho to race uh, onto and can clearly bury past Ramsdale. Yeah, and, and, and I just think with Gabriel, you know, his his judgment really sometimes costs him, or like he yeah, just had moments of of madness. You know, instead of composing himself and thinking about it, it's almost like he rushes to it and you know, caught himself in no man's land. And like you know, there was no way he was gonna he was gonna catch up to Sancho after that. And I mean, I don't know, like. Sometimes, you know, when you, when you see somebody like that make a gaffe and look, you, you kind of know that he has that kind of in his game. Because then it also like reminded me a bit of that, that game also against um, Fulham last season at the Emirates where under no real pressure, he, in, he decides to kind of more arrogantly take on Mitrovic and then gets, to, you know, dispossessed and whatever. And then we concede. And, and it's moments like that that you can't... Look, remember when we spoke about uh, where we must... must Almost like sew up all these little errors that you made at the end of or, or the yeah, part of last season. And it's little moments like that where you can't, if you want to be a, a like a, a championship winning team, you can't allow these little flaws in your game, really. I mean, everything yeah. is near perfect. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, City, I mean, yes, they make mistakes again and again, but if yeah. you think of City season last season, how much goals did they actually give away compared to Arsenal, yeah. where we gave away a lot of goals? And yes, we. We show the fighting spirit always to bring ourselves back or or whatever. But but if you think about it, how much times have we gone behind 
by Sally Edis versus City going behind. And, you know, that also took its toll because if you yeah. go behind in a game, you know, you have to go out full tilt to get, to get the, those late winners or, like, you pull yourself back into it. And City, you know, sometimes they steamroll into the team. And by half time, you know, they could, you know, not, not say take the foot of the pedal, but, I mean, you know, just make sure the game just professionally stays 3-0 or 3-1 yeah. or or 4-1 or whatever it is. And where we were having to scrape, like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you, you recall the last season, how many games were you, like, you know, almost holding onto your couch seat or, yeah. or like, you know, pacing up and down waiting for that winner to come. And that takes a toll on you. So, I mean, it's like, I, Gabriel has to stop those mistakes or, yeah. you know, you might have to look for, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I mean, you might have to look for another centre-back partner or try another centre-back partnership because, you know, it can't go on like that. And also, like, you know, with with, with, with Tommy Yasser going left-back, was that a tactic or, 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 or like, because TNE just can't seem to, you know, get that, that shot. Yeah, I think it's more like, you know, fiddling around. But as I said the other day already, I think there is still some sort of, I'm not saying there's a rough between, when, uh, like, Ateta and TNE, but I just think, you know, if somebody's not going to fit into your sort of plans, then... Uh, you know that's probably going to be the, the the you know the end of like you know, kind of like the, the epilogue to this whole story because because I mean I still find it a bit harsh because if you see how we were like outplaying that that most parts of that first half, but then the second half came around. You know all the people that's been talked about as you know like question marks of of possible exits. They were the ones that actually kind of hold us back in that game in that second half because I mean I think it could have been. Even worse, but I mean, Thomas Party had more control in midfield with that yeah. game. Um, Kirtian, when he came on, he actually looked more uh, alert to, you know, things on that side. So, I think, we, you know, we can't also be too hasty with, you know, wanting to uh, play like that or that caliber to, you know, just let the club, uh, leave the club. And then also, I want to add, Arsenal didn't, like, with this, this whole thing, you know, the debacle. They just didn't look at the races when we were on the get-go from... 1 to 11 in that, that first half because I mean like my take was like it could be also you know look Arsenal doing they do per day uh, three intensive uh, training sessions and I just think since you, you take in consideration also the weather right now in the States where it's that extreme humid weather plus that, that or you take the heat also into consideration and I think it, it kind of well, after that fantastic performance you see against uh, the MLS guys, when you see them the way they play against United, they look more fatigued than anything in, the, in that first half. Yeah, I know. But, you know, if you look at the grand scheme of things, uh, I think it's just more about getting match fit, ironing out things. And, you know, even though um, United fans were the next day were all wearing the United tops and making <laughs> chirps on social media, I kind of just, you know, normally I'd work myself up, but I'm thinking to myself, this is pre-season games. Um, you know, it, it means nothing if you if you win this game, but you have a bad season. You know, no one's gonna remember this. And I think it's more about trying to get the right combination. And, and like 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 you mentioned, and we will mention in the second game as well. You know, Thomas Party. I think you know, and much as we get frustrated with him, he needs to be there and there about you know in yeah. this team because, um, you know, you you might allow Rice a bit more freedom or vice versa because Thomas Party, you know, on his day can dictate the game and. I do feel that we have Champions League coming up. We have all these competitions. 
you know, there's enough game time for both of them to play together and for them to, to rotate with each other. It's just, you don't want to be left short again where, you know, Declan and Ice can't make a game and then you kind of don't have a defensive midfielder at all. Yeah, I fully agree with that, Aiden. Um, you know, now after that match, uh, they uh, off they headed off again to the other side of the states. They went from New Jersey to Los Angeles, and that's where they ended up playing uh, Barcelona on Thursday. In the you know the, playing the Spanish Giants in the SoFi Stadium. I mean, a really impressive looking stadium. I mean, I was actually you know watching with open mouth, and they were breaking down the old setup of the stadium, like you know with a so I think the side panels that are like you know always wide open to allow that ocean air to come through and that. So I mean, it looks like a real state of the art uh, stadium. Arsenal going, uh, you know, like near full strength. Oh, of course, the only omissions were Balogun and and uh, Declan Rice who were nursing uh, injuries. And I mean, at the end of the day, Arsenal ended up running out five three winners in what turned out to be a fantastic exhibition match. What was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I, I, when I caught that, like, I thought that game was always happening Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I woke up the morning of the, the Wednesday morning, or the thir- waking up the Thursday, and, and I, like, saw that Avat goal, and then I thought, um, Avat scored, I, I thought that was a similar, he scored a very similar goal to the MLS type game. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, flip up Google, I'm like, what, 5-3, and obviously I watched the highlights, and, you know the the team seemed more confident. They seemed more assured of themselves. They, they, they you know they they went behind. You know a few times in the game, and they just didn't like you know let up. And and they played this Barcelona side who, you know, who won La Liga and okay didn't do too well in Europe. But I mean, you know we 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 matched them, and it just shows you know how how far we've come or even even surpassed them. And I mean, you know Trossard. The Tasmanian devil, like you say, he's almost like, but he was, he was excellent. Yeah, and I mean, look, it was in our goals from Saka, Havertz, two by Trossard, and a banger by Fabio Vieira, seeing us in our way. And I mean, like, as you mentioned, Arsenal this time around looked sharper, gave, I was, almost like they gave us sort of fire that we really lacked against Man United. And I mean, they gave, uh, gave as good as they got, because it was quite funny. I mean, I wasn't going to make an issue of it, but... Um, after Xavi was complaining about um, Arsenal's physicality, and yet, uh, you know, the Barca players, if you now watch the way the match, were like getting wiped out by the likes of Araujo, Alonso, and Gundogan, where they were like, you know, I mean, some of the tackling, the tackling was shocking from what was going down there. And I think with that, you know, since the game was played at like that sort of tempo and, and, and uh, aggressiveness, it also brought Arsenal, you know, like kind of more together. Like, you know, almost like a, like a band of brothers type of thing. Because they, like, bonded together and then they started dishing it out as well. And, I, I mean, I loved it because you could see it was getting under Chavi's skin. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was going to speak about that comment that was made. You see, it's almost like Arsenal took it like it was a Champions League game. Or it felt like he was playing a Champions League game. Yeah. So, so it just shows that, that, you know, Arsenal can match with the best. And I think, you know, not, not to jump too far ahead yeah. in the gun, but, I mean, you know, the... Arsenal's team, if you look at it compared to the rest of the team that's going to be competing with them in the Champions League, you know, they can put a good show of themselves. Not going to say they're going to win the competition, yeah. but, you know, team for team, if you look at them against Barcelona, if, if Arsenal had to throw Barcelona over two legs, if you if you talk about it maybe, you know, five, seven years ago, you would have been panicked. 
But now, you know, you would welcome Barcelona, yeah. um, Inter Milan, AC Milan, um, you know, Real Madrid. Okay, Real Madrid could be a different kettle of fish if they get Mbappe. PSG, you don't mind. You know, Man City is probably one of the teams that you might be worried about. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's one of few teams that you'll be stressed about to compare to. If you take Arsenal, maybe, you know, the last time they were in the Champions League, if you look at, know what the Bayern Munich looked like compared to now so mm. you know it's it's going to be interesting and it just shows like you know against Barcelona how we actually competed against the side that you know have top players in and, and, and we just brushed them aside I mean it's a friendly like I said you know just like the United game you can't take it to heart but you could take the performance the positives out of it but I still think we do miss you know maybe a, probably a out and out number nine and you know, Ramsdale again, you know, caught out of that free kick for me was a bit, bit worrying. No, but I mean, look, I can still, I mean, there's certain things that, that, that was bothering me, but for, you know, the goal, because for me, it was, Wall was set up, Odegaard ends up not being brave enough, he ends up twisting his body. But I mean, of course, Ramsdale's movement on the line was also a bit very, like, you know, iffy, but I mean, I'd be annoyed as well if, if somebody in my wall ends up twisting his body like that, so... Like it's just taking the ball away from you. But I mean, for me, his, his tactical kicking was poor. Because, I mean, it, it, it's not something you, you, uh, you know, so much last season. But it's like this season, I don't know. Maybe, look, Lisa uh, was on to the Emirates Cup match on, on Wednesday. I just wonder if it, it's also not time to maybe give some, like, uh, you know, Matt Turner maybe one or two games to, to prove himself. Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to, to provide that competition, you know, you, you need to let Ramsdale know that, you know, he's somebody there that if you don't pull up your socks, I, mean, I know it's still pre-season, but, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, kind of don't want um, a situation where Ramsdale is so complacent that, you know, goals come fly, almost like kind of the year at United where, you know, he was, you know, at times a, a solid keeper for them, but there was also times where, you know, Balls just went flying past him, or, or you know what I mean. We just would made caps out of nowhere. So um, yeah, I, I do look forward to see what happens in the Emirates Cup. How we line up, you know, back at the Emirates Stadium. Um, we we always seem to, to give a good showing before um, the new season. Like was it we beat to be a six nil last last season in the Emirates Cup. So you know, hopefully we come with that same energy. Because, I mean, look, they've got also quite a, like, when you look at the Monaco side that we're going to face, they also have quite a lot of talent. I mean, like, up front they've got, I mean, surely you've, you know also of them as, like, that Ben Yedder, uh, yes. Voland, uh, Mbolo, and then there's, so there's one up-and-coming young, uh, young uh, Dutch striker also, Myron uh, Boadu. He's, you know, quite good. And then, I mean, up in, in, in midfield, they also have almost a kind of a star-studded team with that Minamino. In midfield, you had Gels and Martins from Portugal, that Golovin, who was also tipped to be, you know, a big hit in Europe. Uh, if you think of the European Championships, so well, okay. yeah. yeah, no, I do feel that um, that is going to be a good test for us as as a Arsenal side. So I do feel that if we can get the result there, it mm. will prove very well for us, and then get us. For the community shield game. Yeah. yeah. So uh do you have any other talking points before we end off? 
I just want to discuss the one thing of, you know, kind of to, with Thomas Party, you know, do, like, how do we deal with that situation? Um, do we let him stay or do we try to actually, um, you know, try to find someone else? Because I don't think you can replace that experience. I mean, look, I would, personally, I would keep him. I mean, look, the thing is, like, for me personally, I would have only say have thought of of say letting him go, if we're gonna make up that uh, the sort of money to spend on him. So it's either like forty to forty five million if say the Saudis came in for him. But I mean up to now, I mean he's now showing, especially the loss. As I said, he look uh, you know totally focused in the in the um, Man United game when we like when the rest of the team were like, when, to be honest, you know underperforming, and then against Barcelona he looked. Like his strong self again. So there's a because look now uh, I don't know if you heard also look Declan Rice took a heavy kick in, in in training, so he's been almost like pulled out of the firing line for the loss. So that's two games now. So I I just think to myself look let you know you know have party around and maybe there is a way you can somehow integrate him because look when Jaka was there it's almost like a lot of us expected of of. Uh, his defensive side, but I mean now he can also like be a bit more adventurous. Was maybe he has like just say, um, uh, what's it like say Rice, you know, lingering behind him and then protecting him. We you can actually see him playing with with less, you know, having a, you know defensive focus type of thing. We can you know bring out his creative side really. Yeah, no, because I, I, I do. He was sorry to say to interrupt, but I mean like the way he was like just waltzing through. Uh, the boss of midfield. I mean, look, of course, that was like the first real test, also. But I mean, it's just good to see him, uh, you know, holding his own against like you know these other big names also for for uh, for Barca. Yeah, for, for for me, that that experience you can't replace it. I mean, yeah. you know, you unless you 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 have like an up and coming top top midfielder. I mean, I know Lavia is someone that was spoken about. I don't know how that is, yeah. and you know, the Casado might be a lot of money. I think. You know, while you can, you know, just kind of use party to our advantage. I mean, look at Declan Rice. I mean, he picked up a knock, he's out. I mean, yeah. who would you have played, honestly, if if Declan Rice was injured in the Premier League? Declan Rice is injured, you sold party. I mean, who would you play in that role, personally speaking? It would be a tough call because, look, for me, so like, you know, El Nini can be used to a degree, but... There's also some games when you're going to be, you know, you could be maybe overrunning in that El Nini is maybe not your, you know, best choice. I mean, I'm more confident, say, like, with El Nini, if you want to see a game out and in the lead, then you want him. But if you're yeah. having to chase the game, then El Nini is not, you know, really your candidate. So, as, as like, to answer your question, I'd be in, like, I'd be, I'd be actually a bit confused, like, where we still fit in the midfielders and, like, that jigsaw puzzle of, of fitting everybody into do a solid job for us. Because, as, as you said now, also, like, Rice and, and Pardo will probably be the the big hitters for us in midfield in that defensive-offensive type of midfield positions. Yeah, and, and then just the last point, you know, do you think the Saudi leagues are going to spoil what Europe is, is, is you know, you know what European football is as, as we know it? Do you think the Saudi leagues could, could actually, you know, disrupt that and, you know, turn players' heads to, to rather go and play for the money than... Then you know, chase your European glory because I mean, a guy like Jordan Henderson is going to be earning more than let's say what Ireland would be earning. Yeah. Um, you know, more than most players out I, there. I, 
I just think it's like uh, the, the Saudi league is almost like the flavor of the month, in my opinion, because the same way the Chinese Super League came. And yes, right, right. I think it's going to be, you know, yes, it's going to be a lower explosion, a football explosion. But I mean, I, I mean, like, you know, end or not now, I mean, I don't see myself um, watching those fixtures. I mean, I'd rather than watch, like, say, uh, I mean, look, you know, like, I'm normally somebody I watch uh, La Liga and I watch um, sometimes Serie A and that. And yeah. sometimes I watch a bit of, of MLS. But I, I'd rather watch stuff like that than, you know, this whole flamboyant type of league setup with some of these fantastic players. But another thing I wanted to add also was, was um, Ruben Nevis is actually one of the few players that actually spoke like the honest truth about, um, you know, this whole Saudi league thing. Because he said like, um, you know, he's a, a married man with three kids and he said he, he only has a certain time frame in his like football career. And he just feels like in one or two years, if he play like you know the club is playing for now, there he could actually sort uh, like a perfect nest egg for not only for his wife and himself, but also for the futures of his kids. And then in a way, you almost like take the human side of it as well. Besides another financial gain in it, but when somebody is like as open and honest as that, and it actually tells you like some of these guys are probably going to just be there say for a season or so, you know, to yeah. you know, for the big payday, and then because like you you know already <clears throat> for a fact. People's uh, football, international football careers came to a standstill when they joined yeah. the Chinese Super League because international coaches really go, you know, to watch stuff like that or send yeah. out to that. That's why, can you remember what happened to Carrasco also? We yes, 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 yes. Got omitted, missed, I think, one tournament. And they need to come back to, to, to Europe to actually yeah, get... Let it go back. again, actually. Exactly, exactly. And I, th- I think that's going to play out because I can understand, say, for someone like Henderson and... and you know, players like that in that age group. Yeah. Also yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking if you like say 24, 25 and you're already joining that, I probably see maybe one or two years and then you're gonna see they're gonna, you know, either with either with tails between their legs or whatever, come back to Europe again. Yeah, I know, hundred percent agree with you. And actually, you know, you're making me feel a bit less worried because I was worried that you know the European football we know and love could be destroyed by it, but like you mentioned, yeah. you know. Could be just the flavor of the month. Aiden, before I want to know also end off, something that I also picked up this past, like, say, seven to ten days, there's a hell of a change in, in, in Emil Smith Rose's mentality and his physicality as well in a match. I don't know if you picked that up. Because I saw a bit in the highlights, I saw a bit in the highlights, but I, I never took too much note of it. But now that you mentioned it, you, you are right because you can actually see he's not played in a, in a, a big tournament in an under 21 tournament where they won it. Uh, for England, and you can actually see he's coming in with that sort of mindset, and that's why he looks like he's even more ready or more like mentally fit than the the rest of the squad. Because I mean, he's on the ball with everything. He's almost like showing a side of he like of himself that we saw probably like a year ago, maybe. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's looking fantastic, and I mean, I just hope I mean it's also like a, a big season will also be expected from him because I honestly hope he does pull through. Because look, I'm also one of the first to say. You know, maybe that, that shirt number is too big for me, but I mean, who knows what he can still achieve now in this coming season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Uh, we'll, back, we'll be back next week again. Take care. Enjoy the match on Wednesday. Bye. Enjoy, guys, and look forward to the weekend.